Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today is January 16th, 2021. We've got a great show ahead of you today. We got some hot news on game developers such as Ubisoft, CD Projekt Red, and Bethesda, some Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I'm your host, Garrett. I'm Ben. And this is Out of Mana. Well, would you listen to that, Ben? It's a new era. It's a new era? That is our very own theme song. We This was literally made for us by uh, one of your friends, this right, This was ben? made for us by a very, very good friend of mine. His name is, or at least his music name is Demodron, and he can be found on SoundCloud. And yes, he, he produced that composed it however you want to put it he made that just for our little show here i was very excited i remember uh this this all got emotion probably around like november right yeah i remember you said that you had a a producer friend i'm like okay well let's see what he does and of course ben shows me this new song by him it's like exactly what i love oh garrett was garrett was very pleased with it i was like well I, I was going to admit, I was a little hesitant at first because I'm like, well, what kind of music is he going to make? Be, well, because Garrett knows my type of music, which is like an, an, anything that's not current right now. Exactly. I'm like, well, what's this going to be? And then it turns out it's like 90s electronic yeah. trance house music. Yeah. Garrett was probably expecting like Come Josephina, My Flying Machine, and said it turned out to be like, ah, something actually pretty good. I was, yeah, stoked. So I hope you guys all enjoy it. I've been listening to this like... A lot, honestly. Yeah, so he, he has quite a selection. If, if any of you are interested, he has quite a selection on his SoundCloud. Yes. At, again, Demidron, D-E-M-I-D-R-O-N, on SoundCloud. And he has quite a selection of his, of his songs. They're, they're all his own his own music. He makes 90s-style trance and house music very, very well. Very, very well. Yeah, I was impressed, honestly. When I... Because, you know, people who have, like, everyone has, like, a producer friend that makes beats and makes music. So I'm always really skeptical. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. This sounds like straight-up professional stuff. Like, stuff you'd hear in the club. You know what I mean? So so if you liked it, that that's our guy. And we really appreciate it. I really appreciate him doing that for us. Huge thank you. Um, and he uh, actually named that song Skywalking, right? Skywalking, I believe, yeah. I feel like it's very appropriate. It's it is like, very appropriate. You kind of feel like you're doing a little bit of Skywalking. You know, maybe no no Jedi, but, you know, Skywalking <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, we have a great show ahead of you. A lot of gaming news dropped. Oh, yeah. Which is very interesting, very exciting. And, there were, uh, there were some, some pretty hefty videos that have been coming out on Twitter lately, especially from our friends at CD Projekt Red. Yeah, let's just go ahead and start off with um, the developers of Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red. Cyberpunked. Cyberpunked. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> we, um, we got an apology video from one of the co-founders. The entire public received an apology video from the, yeah, the, the co-founder, I believe, and it was, it was about what it sounds like. You could say it was an apology. It might have, it's, I, I would actually say it's a little heavy-handed. I would dare go into the realm of, like, slightly Shakespearean, maybe even LeBron James, you're going to call him that, but <laughs> it, was, it was pretty heavy. It was like three minutes, three, four minutes long. Yes, so. and it, it wasn't, I'm sorry, but, but it had a very, I'm sorry, these are our reasons. The good news is is that him as like, you know, head you know, co founder, he took responsibility. He did. He said it was us and the higher ups. He it, was he was very he was very fair and I think at the very least what you take from this video, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it, is that you can take that he's 
he's a solid he's a solid person yeah he, he, he and the people above took the responsibility as they should i think we can all agree mm-hmm. on the questionable state of cyberpunk this has been such a long journey man i feel yeah. like Every five days, it's a new article by something, this, 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 oh, this, this. Oh my a- god! IGN especially. IGN is like is like filling up their little pin cushion with little things to prick CD Projekt Red with. <laughs> Which is, t- to be fair, they a lot of people on the team played the game and are mm-hmm. enjoying it. But I, you know, it's kind of their job. But I am getting almost exhausted of seeing everyone beat up on the studio because it's like at the end of the day. Not like ninety percent of that studio. It wasn't their fault. Like it's, I, it's I developers. Am, I'm you know? pa- I'm past exhausted. Honestly, I yeah. am. I, days, weeks ago, I'm exhausted because I, you you. If you've heard the previous episodes, I've I've crapped a lot in this game, and and you know for for reasons that I feel are justified. But I have not made any of it personal to the de- devs. A lot of these IGN articles are very personal and very attacking of the developers themselves, and. It's it's kind of a dead horse mm-hmm. at this point that's being beaten. I don't even think it looks like a horse anymore. I think it's more of a pile of gore and just flesh that has just been beaten to the point where what the hell are we doing? Yeah, I think just last night uh, there was like an insider scoop from oh. I think Jason Schrader's his name at Bloomberg. Yeah, um, I think he got some inside scoop about developers saying that the the demo that they showed for consoles was actually fake and they spent like months on that just to make it look good. So when you say inside scoop, like, there, there, there's a, there's large, oversized, maybe even cartoonishly big air quotes going with that because I yes. So there was an article that was released. It was on it's on Twitter. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, I'm sure plenty have that the demo that was premiered in the 2018. From CD Projekt Red of Cyberpunk 2077 was not quite true to life. Yeah. Hmm. Well, CD Projekt Red has responded to these allegations and saying, yeah, it was 2018. The game wasn't released yet. What you're seeing is a basically a demo, basically something we prepared for the public to peruse, to use, mm-hmm. to enjoy, to see what we have in store but it's a work in progress, thus subject to change. And think about like all the other studios that do that, like every other studio. Fable, I, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, but what about uh, hmm, Dark Souls? Was it three? Or maybe no? I think it was Dark Souls two actually that had the infamous demo and video that premiered showing the game. And then when the game released, pretty much everything was different in very noticeable, notably graphic ways, especially. And they got a lot of flack for it, but guess what? The company's still going. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, like you said, it's a dead horse. I'm tired of it. But the good news is, is that they did show a timeline. Yeah. So we're going to go over the timeline for you. So, um, yeah, this timeline is actually really interesting and actually very hopeful. Yeah. I'm, I've been waiting for this information mm-hmm. because as you all know, I got Cyberpunk 2077 day one, like literally at like 6 a.m., at Best Buy for a PlayStation 5. Well, PlayStation 4, but playing on my PlayStation 5. I played it. It crashed within like 15 minutes. And I'm Lovely. like, I'm done. Like, I'm not. Lovely. If this is what's going to happen, I'm done until the next gen version that yeah. they promised. And we do have a date for that. But first, um, they did mention that they are releasing uh, like patch 1.1. So it's like their first big. Th- that's the next thing on the horizon. Well, this is the first thing coming up. It actually yes. should be within like a week. It's, it's what we're waiting for right now. And then after that is 1.2, which I think they said is like going to be a, a couple weeks after that. Um, 
And then from there, it was kind of like a long stretch. And then it had this highlighted section, which is like various improvements and blah, blah, blah. And included in that is the free DLC that they promised. That's that's actually going to be pretty exciting. So who the hell knows what it's going to be? I Maybe we haven't seen any mention of it yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty excited for that. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting Shivering Isles. I'm not expecting anything too big, but... I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to throw at us. I'm always happy to hear a free DLC. Yes, free DLC, as long as it's not horse armor, I'm pretty stoked. And by the looks of the graph, it's looking to be in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. So in like the second quarter of the year, I think. And then after that, it showed the uh, the free upgrade for the next gen. Yeah, so, so with that, yeah, said... What we had been initially promised was that the next gen upgrade was going to be early in the year. Yes. Potentially during spring. So January, February, you know, whenever in there. Now it's probably looking more towards September. I'm which, thinking September. Which, I mean, like, I, I think you've said, Garrett, that you're actually okay with. You're actually happy with. And I initially I was like, oh, Garrett's going to be so pissed about this. And God almighty, the other people. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems everyone's taking that pretty well. Honestly, let them take their time. I just want to play the best version of this game, and if you listen to the last episode, I have a huge backlog I'm trying to get it through. It gives you time to get through that. Because I promise myself I'm not going to buy any more new games until mm-hmm. I get through my primary backlog, and that is... I keep thinking I'm making progress, and then here I am still playing AC Valhalla another <laughs> week later, because that game won't end. I am trying to make it end, and I'm enjoying it a lot, but I'm at this weird point where I'm like... I really want to keep going because I'm enjoying this world. Too much of a good thing. But I, I really got to move on here. You've, you've already raided and raped enough monks. I, I, <laughs> I need to move on because more DLC is going to come to this game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm probably going to come back and play it because I, I'm excited. I want to see where they can go from this. Because you mo- most of the game, you're just in England. But the people that are involved, there's chances of it going to Scotland there's chances of maybe maybe go to Denmark, maybe you go to um, what's that place called? Uh, part of like a I think it's called like Vinland. 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 Mm. I think that's the old word like, for like, it. Like sabbatical. You know, where in the hell is sabbatical? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I it. My friend was telling me a little bit about. It. I think it's like next to America because I think in the beginning of the game, you find his remains because you know it has like the real world part or the modern day because. It's all just a simulation. Yes. Um, with, with the angry, you know, steroid woman. Yes. And you find the remains and it's somewhere in America. So he, Eivor, the main character, gets to America somehow. So I'm thinking maybe that's part of DLC upcoming, hopefully. Or maybe it's part of the main and, game. I just haven't gotten to so it so on that note, actually, that's an, actually an interesting note. Mm-hmm. Is that it's been postulated, at least in, in my frame of knowledge, that the Vikings arrived at America first. Yes. And so when we're saying first, we're saying that people from outside of America, you know, I'm not saying America was uninhabited by humans. Yes. Before the Vikings or Columbus, God forbid. There were people here, but from beyond the sea, I'm saying that the Vikings were supposedly the first visitors to America before Columbus came by and, you know, screwed everything up. I think that, yeah, it would make sense. And so I'm, so I'm, that's interesting because this could be Ubisoft kind of shedding some light on that. Yeah, I... Ubisoft is really great about that. I remember with Assassin's Creed Origins, which was based in Egypt, they created a whole mode that was basically just like a a tour. Like it wasn't yeah, even. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool, man. They just let you basically explore the area, and it's everything's historically correct, and it's like 
there was like a real tour guide. I actually never played it. I watched a video about it and I thought it was an awesome idea. I just wanted to actually play the game. But um, anyways, yeah, uh, enough about Assassin's Creed. I did keep talking about There's that going game. to be more later in the video, so don't you worry. <laughs> um, so yeah, CD Projekt Red. Um, I'm just glad they finally gave a huge timeline, like a literal yeah. timeline. So, so apology video aside, whether you believed it, whether you thought it was whatever, the timeline is very interesting, very good, and very hopeful news. What I don't like is that um, I feel like the promised next-gen upgrade of The Witcher 3 mm. is going to be massively delayed now. I was hoping that was going to be this year. I, I think the word is massively, yes. I think that's a great word for that because before all this happened, you know, when they were thinking that they were going to basically put their crown jewel on their, their headdress and be, oh, we released Cyberpunk, we're great. We're good, we're done. They were saying, oh, Witcher 3 is going to get a next-gen upgrade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we're, so, we're doing so well with Cyberpunk that, yeah, we're going to do that right on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guess what? Cyberpunk didn't do so well, blah, blah, blah. So now we're at the point where, hey, Cyberpunk needs a lot of work. Witcher 3's upgrade is probably going to be a long way in the future. I was going to say, it's going to be 2022 or, at the best, late 2021. I, I mean, that that might be, yeah. Yeah, I think that might even be accurate. I, I don't, I, I want to disagree with that, but I think that's probably accurate. Well, I bought it purposely for this when it was on sale. Yep, <clears> yep. It, as long as you own it, it's a free upgrade. And yep. it was on sale, I'm like... Shoot, I'll buy it for 15 bucks and, and I get to play it. both Garrett and I still need to finish Witcher 3. Yep. We've mentioned this in previous videos. I, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate, I'm a huge Witcher fan. Witcher 3 just didn't pull me in as much as it should have. Well, maybe when the upgrade comes, you can play on PC. I'll play yeah, on PS5. And yeah. we can have a little Witcher 3 podcast session. I'm, I'm down for that. And that'll get me to finish. Because I really want to finish. I really want to do the the DLC especially. I forget what's called. Uh, Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine. Everyone says it's amazing. Every, my my one of my best friends besides you, Garrett, mm-hmm. Casey, has said it's amazing, and she is as sardonic and dark and hateful and bitter as I am. So I fully believe her when she says this, and I really want to play that DLC. I need to do it. Well, we'll have our chance eventually. Yes. So apart from CD Projekt Red, there is some kind of mind blowing news. Honestly, oh yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- this is pretty. Th- this is a thick and juicy cut, guys. So get ready. I mean, you've probably heard about it, but like, get ready from us. Yeah, if you if you're listening to anything about gaming news, um, apparently there is a new Indiana Jones game yes. coming. Yes, uh, it's going to be by Bethesda. Yes, and it is going to be by their developer, their in-house developer, Machine Games. Yes, the very very able company that has designed and produced Wolfenstein. Yeah, Wolfenstein. Very, I mean, very very good games. And, hey, guess what? Indiana Jones just so happens to be set during the height of the Nazis. And guess what Wolfenstein was? And guess who handled it very well? So, guess what, guys? We're going to be able to kill some more Nazis. I'm super excited about this. Uh, I used to be a really huge Indiana Jones fan. Mm -hmm. I forgot what grade I was in, but I went for him as Halloween. And I I just thought he was the coolest. I, I think that's why I like Uncharted so much, is because I just love that sense of yeah, I mean, History, adventure, just craziness. So basically, Uncharted would be Indiana Jones without the history yeah. at all. Be basically Nathan Drake. Just I mean, he's worth the. He makes Laura Croft look look like a, a you know pussy cat. Like he walks in and he just destroys everything he touches, including multiple ancient civilizations that were considered lost. He discovers these ancient civilizations in perfect tact, <laughs> and then he destroys them Completely. abruptly. So, and kills literal thousands of people as well. I, I, he actually has killed thousands and thousands of people in each 
he's he's a monster. He's actually a, a, a modern day monster. So Indiana Jones, on their hand, he's pretty destructive. I'll I'll give him that. But he tends to be a little have a little more finesse, and his destruction tends to only lean towards the Nazi party. So I'm wondering, um, what I'm wondering if this is Microsoft or Bethesda's. Well, Bethesda's a part of Microsoft now. Yes, so I wonder if this is their answer to Sony and PlayStation's Uncharted. I I'm inclined to fully say yes. Yeah. Because Uncharted is a very powerful series. It's very successful. It has always been successful and remains to be. So Microsoft needs something to fight against that. Lorecroft, the new Tomb Raider games basically have been doing very well, mm-hmm. but they they're a different flavor now. They're not they're not quite contending with Uncharted as they as the original games were. Yeah, Uncharted actually follows more closely to the original Tomb Raider games than the current Tomb Raider games do now. I haven't even played the newer ones. I, I know they're good. They're, or they're, at least they, one of there's, them. Is. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, they're they're just different games. They are they are the revitalization. They should excuse me. They revitalize the series, and they just do it differently. Laura's different. She's unfortunately not my childhood crush of. She she's not Angelina Jolie anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, getting over that, getting over <laughs> the you know the the diamond sharp tits. I know that's exactly what I was thinking. We, we can, tits. you know, and and there's unfortunately no more butlers to lock in the freezers. But you know, we we move on. We we move on past these hardships of our lives. You know, the hard knock lives, and now she's her own. She's a very strong character. Not that she wasn't before, God forbid. But she's she's a different character, and she has kind of, in my opinion, I would say she's kind of more akin to. What's what's that that character uh, from the, the the fire games, the Hunger Games, Hunger Games? Oh, Katniss. She's she's more of a Katniss type character. In my opinion, she kind of resembles her. Mm-hmm. That could just be my adult mind, but she kind of resembles the Katniss from Hunger Games, and she's very similar. You know, very. I I'm struggling. I'm getting deeply traumatized with everything I do, mm-hmm. but I'm moving forward. Well, at least she has a conscience, unlike Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake has no conscience. He will he will cave the souls in, kill the seven-foot-tall mutants of multiple <laughs> people, and just move on. You know, God God be damned. It's like, just Nathan, all fun Nathan game. Drake is basically the Grim Reaper of his world. So, back to Indiana Jones. Um, so, Ben, what do we know about this game so far? Like, setting-wise... Because uh, they released a video, they, right? They released a a very short teaser. I I would guess it could be a teaser. I'd, I would say... It was like a 20-second teaser. It's it's a teaser for somebody who pauses a video and looks at everything on screen and then slowly pours over it like... A, I mean, someone who's incredibly interested in this. So, and they did. This video, it slowly pans over what we can pretty safely assume is Indiana Jones' desk himself. Mm-hmm. And we can see papers. It starts off with being able to see his typewriter, which says machine games, obviously in reference to the company itself. Then it pours over some other documents, a map in the background, some things like his passport, and then something that says Bethesda. So we get all the apt information of who's making the game and who's responsible. But behind all that, beyond all that, in between all that, we see things that... Like the map, for instance, we, we can see that it is a map of the Vatican City of Rome, because on the passport, we can see that he's sent he's going to Rome. He's that's his destination. Mm-hmm. And we can also see that the year is 1937, which is a good year for Indiana Jones. And we can also see that that's going to that's during the Nazi rise. So we'll probably get some Nazi fights, as mentioned earlier with Wolfenstein. 
Yeah, it's so the setting of this game is supposed to be between uh, Raiders and Last Crusade. Very so good. It's supposed to be like the peak of indie. Yes. So he's supposed to be at his peak. So so this video implies that his destination is Italy, Rome, of course, and to the Vatican City, which. If you know anything about history and Vatican City, as well as Catholicism, if you want to put that in there, the Vatican City is a pretty juicy trove of treasure. Mm-hmm. It, beyond the architectural marvel of it itself, the dungeons of the Vatican City are full of the archives, the Catholic archives, the Pope's archives, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of really good stuff in there, and it's all kind of unknown. So Indiana Jones presumably is heading to the Vatican City to either rummage through those, or there is also, I believe there was a question mark on the map too, that denoted the Pope's house himself, so the place where the Pope stays. Ooh. Which I believe is the house that has the famous window that the Pope stands in and gives blessings and waves at the crowds. So, we're, there, there's bound to be some interesting things going on in the Vatican City with this video entailing. Yeah, that's going to be a really exciting... Uh... I don't know if I've ever played a game that's ever taken place in Vatican City. So this I, I might be the think first. Of, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like some crazy Call of Duty the situation. The first one that comes to mind would be like, I, I mean, Call of Duty is probably a, a better guess than what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking of 007. But I, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, also, based on some of the books on the table, we can possibly assume you might be going to Egypt, Peru, or uh, Mesopotamia as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and those are all classical and very interesting locations. Peru being very interesting because, you know, there's some good scenes with Indiana Jones and kind of Peruvian ruins with people getting skewered. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, as a, as also an Indiana Jones fan, I'm very excited for this. Yeah. Those locations I'm, I'm thinking about it, man, that's like perfect. So you got like jungle, you got desert, you just got like the perfect, all I'm thinking about is all the little booby traps set up. Yes, yes. Just like him getting, I'm sure they're going to add a rock scene. I just just want him to get betrayed by another treasure hunter and then to find them skewered in a booby trap later on. (laughs) That's all I want. You know what's going to happen. There's going to be a betrayal. There's going to be traps. There's going to be... Indiana Jones, it's cinematic, so it includes all all the good tropes in very good ways. So I'm excited. And so speaking of that, it also leans, I have to wonder, who is our companion? Indy always has a companion. Who will it be? Will we get our? Will we get Short Round, our little tech boy, our little squealing boy who screams at us, screams our name all the time, <laughs> or will we get Willie, the woman who sticks her hands in random holes and ruins and claims it's soft? <laughs> so, I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm pretty curious about who our companion is going to be. Indiana Jones always has a companion. I think one big thing about this game is going to be the companion's personality yeah because something that's really strong about uncharted is all the characters in my opinion at least the protagonists are all really solid yeah so nathan drake he's got uh Sully. Sully is our classic and i i guess who's that actor who's gonna play him potentially mark Wahlberg. mark Wahlberg. marky Poss- mark marky mark so we'll see if marky mark actually plays them I, I don't know if that's locked in stone or not but yeah um but the, you're right uh Uncharted tends to have very well-rounded companions, and they're all very good. You have Sam, his brother, who is kind of whiny and, and trustful, and then the other people. Like, who's, who's the girl? What's her name? Uh, the wife. God. Oh, the wife. Yeah. Oh, geez, what's her name? It's been so long since it's like Ellie or something like that. It's, it's Ellie. Let's call her Ellie. Like she's I don't know whatever the hell her name is, but they're all they're they're good characters. You know, obviously us forgetting her name doesn't show well for that, but they're they are good, and I'm ex- Indiana Jones. 
basically set the standard for that. Just the theme. I just want the. I, I'm so, thinking of the intro yes, so bad right now. I'm thinking of a lot of it, and going by how a lot of these adventure type games have been going, the AI of your companion is very important to the game. Mm-hmm. Not that that's my favorite thing in games. Obviously, I I'm got I got pretty tired of it in Bioshock Infinite. I got kind of tired of it in pretty much every other game that then copied it afterwards, but. I'm I'm still excited, and I really want to know what the campaign is going to be. I want to know if, if we're going to get a cameo from someone from the past, or if it's going to be some really awesome new person. Who the hell knows? There's got to be some cameos, yeah. Because since it's it's based in um like what do you call it? Canon, yeah. Like Canon, uh, Indiana Jones. Probably going to be some some people that we recognize, new yeah. people. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, the whole Canon issue, um. This is going to be a Lucas Film Games under that umbrella. So it's that's really cool. Like yeah. So if a lot of you might be familiar from the past, and if if you grew up in the early two thousands and had a friend or even owned a Dreamcast console, Lucas Arts Games, they made a lot of games for those consoles. Star Wars games mostly are the ones I remember, but they were good. They were good games, and they've since gone. And now Lucas Films is back as the game developer under Microsoft's wing. Yeah, uh, I feel like they. So from what I remember, uh, like Lucas Film, they had to create a whole new division, like mm. Lucas Film Games, mm-hmm. because especially with with COVID and everything happening, I think with movies not doing so well right now. Yeah, I bet. And with games needing to fit in the canon with licenses, basically. Because, uh, and this is like a perfect segue, actually, because Lucasfilm is also Star Wars. And Lucasfilms is, it, Disney owns that, and yeah. Star Wars, thus, yeah, Lucasfilms is Star Wars, and who knows what we're going to get as to Star Wars? So, what, okay, so the way I'm trying to put this in my mind, because I was a little confused at first, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so it's... It's Bethesda, but it's also Lucasfilm. Well, Bethesda is the publisher. Is the publisher, yes. yeah. Um, but Machine Games is making it. Yes. But it's also under this Lucasfilm Games thing umbrella. The way I'm seeing it is kind of how like Sony has its like uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment oh, God, umbrella. Sony. Yeah. You know where Naughty Dog's under that, uh, Gorilla Games is under that. Yeah. So I think it's just them having oversight in in uh, what do you call it? You know how everything has to be perfect to canon now, and it, they need people to... It definitely might be kind of a quality control issue there. Yeah. yeah. So Lucas Films, whatever they might be, whatever role they might be playing, they are probably following more of a quality control or even just for licensing purposes. Who knows? So what's exciting about this is just like... Li- license games can be really good. They can be really bad too. Yeah. But with this kind of like oversight I, I just feel like we're gonna get a lot more solid games and uh from another podcast i was listening to they were basically saying with movies not doing so hot right now they have to venture into their other medium and movies are down games are way up and that's that's actually a very good point is that video games don't require actors to be in person they yeah re- and you can develop them from afar movies not so much so it's this is a very smart move in that regard and, and I, I agree, it's probably a move of necessity, not even just necessarily one they were ne- planning. Yeah. Maybe it was in the works, but I think this COVID, being this, pushed it. I think that we're seeing it now because of COVID. 
Well, we may as well just segue over to Star Wars because that is the other big news that we have. Um, so some of you may be familiar that EA made a con- got a 10-year contract to have the rights to Star Wars. It was basically the end of Star Wars games as we knew it. <laughs> we were like, oh, God. And yeah. it all started with, a, I think it was Battlefront 2. Yeah. If any of you remember Knights of the Old Republic, the good old days, basically, then, yeah, you all you all felt that. So the, I remember the big thing. I'm pretty sure it was uh, th- that one with the loot box situation. That Agreed. was when EA was like, they did the loot box thing. Yep. And for you to even, pl- I think it was to even play as Jedi or like fun characters, you had to pay for it. And that's basically it when everyone all- and their mother and their unborn child were basically sending EA hate mail. Yeah. Um, good news is, is I think Battlefront 2 is a lot better game now. They they kind of made up for their sins, but it's, it's kind of old. Uh, okay, so... Any- it's old news. Anyways, it the contract expires in a few years and EA has almost done nothing with it. We've gotten, we got that one, Battlefront 2... Um, we got... Yeah, what was that Souls-like one that came out? Yeah, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now, that's it. That is, like, the one good thing that has come and out I, of this. Yeah, apparently it's supposed... I, I haven't played it, everybody, so it, it's supposed to be pretty damn good, and a lot of people have said that, so... It was... Yeah, it was very good. I think it was in the runnings, even, for, like, Game of the Year and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, it was made by Respawn, I believe. Okay. They're the people that make Apex Legends. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Titanfall and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So they did a really good job. It was... Kind of a buggy game. It it played. It was a lot of fun. Are you saying this as someone who's played it? As, yeah. Okay. I, I actually okay, recently played through this game last good. year. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but I just had a lot of issues with it on my PlayStation 4 Pro. And I, I kept thinking it was my machine. So I even uninstalled it and reinstalled the game one time. And I just, I was getting frame drops. I don't know if it was because I was playing with like HDR on and like the 4, 4K thing. But, and there was a lot of bugs too. It, yeah. There was there were what was happening that was making me the most frustrated is textures like weren't loading quickly, and so I was like going into this new area and it was just like untextured, and you were getting pop-ins later on. Yeah, right? it was yeah. like getting pop-ins. And that, that, just, that sounds kind of like a Bethesda issue. I'm a little surprised to hear that from this other game. So, I mean, I enjoyed the game, but it was also like once I finished it, I took it out. Of, actually, I didn't even take it out. It was a digital game. I was just like, okay, I'm done. I don't have any desire to go around and complete this. Uh, the, the world was cool. The story was really good. Um, Cal, the main character of it. But what's cool is I'm pretty sure that this is... It, it wasn't Cal a redhead? Yeah. Cal do, you know, it, do you know how rare that is? Like to have a redheaded protagonist? Main character? Or even side character? I mean, he was white still. Like, like no, it's not even just... It's the skin color aside. We're talking red hair here. Like, <laughs> red hair and besides Aloy... Like, yeah, that's true. What other red-haired characters are there? Usually red-haired characters are the ones who are taken out and then changed into something else. So let's all appreciate Cal here, everybody. I'm excited to see what they do with his story. I, I guarantee there's going to be a sequel. In fact, I would hope that it would come out before EA's license runs out. I, I'm sure EA's going to try to get one last like flip, I mean, flip in there. They still get to make games. That's the yeah. thing. Is I, From what I read, I think EA is still going to be making games for this. But now other developers do. Yes. I mean, we're kind of moving back to the 2000s again where people, other companies actually had competition. Yeah, believe it or not. And a game that we know is on the way is a game coming from Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. And we know that it is an open world game that is being developed by uh, Massive. They made the Division games. Mm -hmm. So take what you want from that. Yeah, Division 
you can take what you want from that, you know, whether it's a marshmallow world or not. Division was not quite a marshmallow world, but Division 2 was apparently better. We can still be happy because Ubisoft is a very capable company, regardless of the division or not. It is still very capable and I'm I'm excited. I'm I excited. am too because Ubisoft is kind of becoming like the king of open worlds. Almost every game they make is like open world at this point. You got Far Cry, you've got all the Assassin's Creed. They just did that um what that it was called something else. Now it's uh Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was it used to be called Gods and Monsters and they changed it to that god awful name. I don't know why. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Coming out next summer. I literally was excited for this game and then they changed the name. I'm like, I can't take this seriously anymore. <laughs> that right there proves that there's a lot in the name. Um anyways. Division is also like an open world kind of game. Um, it's a shooter though, and it's kind of like a looter shooter kind of. It's, it's yeah. It, supposedly the game is just very repetitive. It's a yeah. post-apocalyptic, current time period, dystopian future shooter looter game, and yeah, it it kind of does deserve a lot of the flack it gets because it's pretty damn repetitive. But they, I mean, they're capable developers. Massive is very capable. Uh, all that we know is that it's open world. And as they say, it's something that's never been done before in the Star Wars thing, you know, like universe. So, so, yeah, I mean, as long as it's not a Lego Star Wars game, then yeah, it hasn't been done before. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be canon with film, comic, and TV. So it's going to be follow- following like, what we know of Star Wars, so it's going to be fit in there somewhere. Well, I mean, as long as the dead actors are still alive and the live actors are dead, you know, why not? Uh, what What would you want from this? Like an open world Star Wars game? So, when I when I hear the open world Star Wars thing, I immediately kind of think back to the, the recent announcement of the open world Harry Potter game. Yeah. So, I kind of want what I want from that. Is I want the IP, the idea of my childhood favorite thing, Star Wars, Harry Potter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Being open world and being whatever I want. Like being an, an RPG, basically. When I say that, I mean what I want to make of it. Exactly. I want to make my character in this world and explore it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the dangers. Enjoy the wonders. Enjoy the loot. Whatever there is of this world and explore. I'm just curious how they're going to pull this off. Because when I think of open world game, I think of one giant map. And the thing about Star Wars is it's the whole damn universe. And so when you multiple think of planets, when you think of an open world, multiple universe, damn planets kind of game, then you think of one man's sky. Yeah. Either that, which what about, what about, um, yeah. that one game you were playing, uh, outer worlds, doesn't outer it, worlds. doesn't it do something like that? So where it's open world. Outer worlds is actually a very successful take on the. I mean, yeah, it, it is open world. It is. In, in, a, in a sense, it is. I mean, you do have to load to get to these other worlds. But it's it's kind of like Star Wars in the sense where you jump to another planet, you kind of kind of explore a lot of it. But it's not literally open world. It's open to a sense. And so that's what I'm curious about. Because with Jedi Fallen Order, it's not... Because it's like a Souls-like game, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you it's, go it's, to... it's open, but not open to the extents yeah it's there's openness to it i can run around but it's mostly pad like yeah there these paths are created for you to explore and then at the very end there's like a secret tunnel that takes you back to the beginning and that's that's basically what outer worlds is too yeah. outer worlds it has a very open world feel to it but when it comes down to it it's it's hand designed 
It, it is designed to be, be linear to an extent. So I just have to wonder, are they going to be multiple planets with smaller open world maps? Or is it going to be like, here are a few planets you're going to be on and they're going to be big? Because that makes me think of like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. where you've got Norway, you've got England, which is freaking huge. And then there's a couple other places I don't want to mention for spoiler reasons, sure. um, which are also very big. And if they do it like that, then okay. Because as long as it's big enough to feel like it's not just, okay, here's a town and then some surrounding area. And that's all that's in this open world. I mean, I'm excited for it regardless of the execution. True. Um, it just, of course, depends on the quality. But yes, um, because the the option is No Man's Sky, which is not going to be that. Because No Man's Sky is an undertaking that no AAA title would ever do. So God, yeah. help, God, God help us if it is. <laughs> It's probably going to be, I feel, I'm going to take the guess and say it's probably going to be more of an Outer Worlds style game. You know, you, and Outer Worlds, you do, it's it's open world, you have a lot of places you can go optionally. Mm-hmm. But they are, they're closed in areas, very large, kind of Borderlands style large, where it's, you know, there's a lot of like open space you can explore, but, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- there's the boundaries, there, there are the boundaries. Well, open world also usually ties in with RPG yeah. and like loot. So if, if this loot. is if this is a Star Wars game, it's I think the RPG is going to play in because Star Wars kind of begs for an RPG. It's never really been done. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic, of course. Yeah, it's never really been done since, but it begs for it and it benefits greatly from it. Well, I hope to hear more news from this as time goes on. Same here. This is also under the whole Lucasfilm Games umbrella. I mean, I guess we're just going to be seeing that a lot more often now. Yeah. And, and Pretty much any Star Wars game that comes out. Gladly. Yeah. I'm I'm glad. I'm very excited for this future of Lucasfilm's games. I'm very excited for it. <sighs> All right. Well, that's that for Star Wars. Um, you mentioned Harry Potter. I did. Which is, is funny because that's actually another news thing that came out. Um, that was supposed to be coming out sometime this year. Yeah. And with like every other single game in the world, yep. it has been delayed. Which is honestly fine by me. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I um, want it to be a very good game. I want that to be so. I've read all the books. I enjoyed the thing. I watched the movies when they premiered, etc. Yep. You know, just like everyone else. But I, I you know, I, I've moved past Harry Potter as an adult. Me too. But I'm fully happy and ready to jump right back into it in a video game form. That's an RPG open world, very much. I. I played the original games when they came out, you know, follow me, Hattie, and, and Hagrid that looks like a lumpy monster. I, I played those <laughs> games when they came out, and, you know, no, no, Hattie, like all that good stuff. But I moved on. Yeah. And now that, that the possibility of an open world Harry Potter RPG, whatever, I'm stoked. And I'm okay with them delaying it. Because I want it to be good. I really, really do. I mean, this is something that we always wanted. And like like you, I played... Most of the the movie games that came out, and honestly, they were some of my favorite games. I they I, were fun. I replayed them multiple times. They were solid games. Yeah, I I had fun, but it, like you said, all you want to do is just wander around and like you really do. You want to wander around Hogwarts. You want to see the. I mean, and you can do an extent in some of the games, but it's it is it's limited. I want to be able to like pick my own classes. I yeah. want to have to show up on time. And I don't want to play a mobile game that charges me by the hour to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, you most of you will probably know exactly what game I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention it because it's not even worth mentioning. But yes, I want an open world game where I can enjoy Hogwarts the school without paying for it. 
Well, this will be coming out in 2022 now. Swell. Um, what's what's funny is my girlfriend's actually super excited to play this game because she loves Harry Potter. And that's because she's a good person. Yeah, I know. She, I, I'm always excited when she gets excited about games because she doesn't, um, you know, she hasn't, she played them a little bit growing up, but it hasn't. It wasn't a big so part of her she's life. She's a casual gamer. Yeah, she's a little casual. She's um, a casual gamer. Trying to change that. Yeah. Uh, she's yeah. played Animal Crossing recently. Casual she, gamer. She, <laughs> but when I hear things like that, I'm like, ooh, you're interested in an in RPG? Like something you can devote a lot of time so, to? So on that note, Garrett, actually, that's actually a very interesting point, is that Harry Potter lends itself kind of away from video games. Yeah. A lot of the diehard Harry Potter fans aren't exactly diehard gamers. Yep. You know, I'm, it, obviously, there's the the mix but a lot of them don't they're, they're they're more you know movie people they more watch movies they watch tv shows they're kind of more in those fandoms or the fan fiction and all so, that good stuff like your girlfriend you know the, these people might be more casual gamers you know described as harry potter having an open world rpg video games open world rpgs tend to not be a casual type of game mm-hmm. you know more so usual than they used to be but yes now that's this might bridge that gap for a lot of people that's actually a very good point think of how how big it is how many people who have loved this for so long have been wishing to be able to be in Hogwarts? This could be the, a lot of people's first time going into video games. Yeah, or, or at least seriously, at least in a deep game that's not Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's not Animal Crossing or just like a, a mobile game or yeah. or some five-hour adventure. Mobile games. Ugh. It's just, that's a really cool thought. And yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. It's like... It's, it's a very open IP that has a very very passionate fan base and a very open fan base. So you have the passionates and you have the people who just love it. Mm-hmm. You know, like me, I, I've moved on, but I still love it. Yeah. When I saw that almost all my love for Harry Potter just came back to me. It, it rekindled big time, big time. I, 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 like, I could see Ron's PS one face. Hello me, Hattie. Like I was like, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> yes. And it looks big. I mean, like from what they showed, you can like fly on hippogriffs yeah, and stuff you like can, that. It, it's, I, dude, I'm stoked for all of that. The ideas of it alone, I'm stoked. And just I, I, all I want is just collect Barry Bot's beans again. I, I just want to do that alone. Oh, think of all the collectibles they can yes, have. Yes, and, and I want to have like cool. I want to get my own like cloaks. To, I, I, there is so much I want to do in the Harry Potter universe that this game is opening that possibility up. And I am stoked. And everyone, if they deliver on this, I feel like it can be extremely successful. Yeah, I fully agree. Think of all the people that write fan fiction for this just so they can keep this going you can make your own very harry potter mary sue now in a game and she can actually exist outside of your writing and you can play it as rpgs the nice thing about rpgs is you they kind of keep going be you happy hundreds of hours into be, it be happy everybody your fan fictions are fan fictions no longer they are now in a game potentially we might be just talking the the hell out of this but i was yeah. gonna say this might be one of the worst games ever made but, but we yeah. are holding on to this hope for now and be prepared if it's bad we'll shit talk it but right now we're gonna glad talk it <laughs> In totally different news, very non-open world, um, we don't talk about Nintendo a lot. We don't. We don't do the Nintendo very much. I think it's kind of been off the topic since we had the Eric episode. So, so one big news. It might not be for a lot of people. A, but a lot of people might have not don't even ex- remember it, if not even experienced it. But this is hearkening back to the N sixty four days. Yep, the N sixty four, and I have been wondering when they were going to make a sequel to this yeah it's it's a great it's a great idea so we've all been wondering yes so i'll end the suspense now uh you may they haven't answered before but they finally came out with a release date and a lot more information mm-hmm. it's the new pokemon snap and now this was a game that i played on the n64 countless hours 
I mean, it it's such a simple game, but it had so much depth to it and so much mystery. That it really you, did. And that was back before there was like, you know, wikis that explaining how to do everything. And of course, I was probably like eight years old or something. So I, it's not like I was looking that stuff up anyways. But anyways, basically, this game is you are in a little cart and it travels along a path. Doesn't the cart have a name? Yeah. What I, is it called? What are they calling in this one? It's called the uh, the Neo 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry, the, go on. The Neo 1. I remember it had a very weird name. Go on. And uh, so you're basically sitting in this cart, and think of it like a, a tour. Like, say you're on a ride at an amusement park. It's going to take you through a level, and there's going to be Pokemon all around you doing various things. And your job is to take pictures of them doing these interesting things. And there's a lot... If it's anything like the original... Um, you can interact with the environment to get the Pokemon to do different things. Um, if I remember correctly, you could like throw apples at them. So like you could hit them and they would get angry at you. And that would cause them to show an emotion. And if you got a picture of that emotion, it was worth more points. Sometimes it would like piss them off and they would evolve. And you could get pictures of the evolution happening. Mm-hmm. And it was just thinking back on it for an N64 game. That was pretty deep. It because was, it was fun. It was an actually a very fun game. Like it really was. Because it sounds silly where it's like, okay, you're going through like a, a five-minute level of just on rails with a bunch of Pokemon just doing silly things and you're taking pictures. But there's probably like hundreds of different things you can do to that level to make them do things that, like, who knows what's going to happen. Like, it might be, it might take months for people to figure out yeah. how to make everything happen in these levels. I mean, and Garrett's kind of right comparing it to like an amusement ride. In the yeah. Sense. Like, I mean, we have at our boardwalk in town, like, it's the kind of ride where you sit in a box and it rolls in the tracks. And if you have, you have this one of the laser guns in your hand. Exactly. And, and you shoot the little laser marks on the walls and you see, and something new happens. Like, yeah. you, you manage to hit the mark this time and the wall opens up and something falls out or something drops in the ceiling. And, this, that's kind of what this game was. It was a video game of that, and there was a lot to discover beyond just hitting the marks. It's... Oh God, I'm so excited. It looks super good. Um, it's being developed by uh, Bandai Namco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. That, that's Yeah, we, everyone would just think, oh, it's Nintendo, but no, it's Namco. Yeah, Nintendo's publishing it. Um, it's taking place in what's called the Lentil region. Oh, yeah. So everything in this game is basically a pun on on cameras yeah so lentil i mean it, it if you look at any of the research about this game you'll just see lots of camera puns which is fun i mean it, it, I, I, i'm saying that in a fun way yeah. it, it is it is fun i fully agree um there's supposed to be over 200 pokemon which is pretty wild because that's a healthy amount that that's healthy the original game just had the original what what 150 Dude, i don't even think it was that much i mean maybe i'm misremembering but i think it, it was less it didn't have all of them i'll tell it was, you that it was less um God, that's that's so exciting! Like, I just can't wait to just play around and see what I can do. Cause is there's no other games like this, and that's what was so cool about it. This is basically, I mean, yeah, this is something that hasn't been seen since, and, and it's and a lot of a lot of people who weren't, you know, from our time period might think, oh, this is more of a mobile game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it it kind of does have that flavor to it, but it's there's a lot of depth to it, and there's a lot of experience you can get out of each playthrough because it, it'll be different. Again, you throw the apple, you piss off the Pokemon. Maybe the Pokemon grabs you this time and snaps you in half instead of you snapping it with the pit camera. But who knows? One I remember specifically was um, you. it was like this lava world. And you would use the apples to lure the Pokemon to like go into a lava pit. I think it was a... Uh, so you basically murdered the Pokemon. Well, no, it made them evolve. <laughs> 
So I think what happened is you had a, a, a Charmeleon. Yeah. You led him with the apples. He falls into the mag- like the magma pit, and it forces him to uh, to evolve into a Charizard. And I remember figuring that out. I'm like, holy crap! Like there's a giant Charizard pissed off at me. He's blowing fire. I'm getting pictures of him blowing fire at me and it's getting me more points so all the pokemon are very understanding of the your complete dick of a character who just <laughs> does all this horrible stuff to them You're and like, then and then to top it off takes pictures of their suffering <laughs> so the pokemon are actually very friendly they are very nice because you your character deserves to die many times over it was like the funniest thing in that game is that you're literally just riding this cart and throwing apples and shit at them and it's like pissing them off you're, and- you're literally one of those tropes from a movie who is throwing the peanuts at the elephant until the elephant finally rages and kills all the people in the audience and then gets shot at the end it's really funny they would get so angry too like you, you just pester them over and over again they're yeah. like being angry even waving their fists yeah. and like attacking so yeah anyways the, the release date uh we we do know it don't we yeah it's gonna be april 30th and it's gonna be on the nintendo switch mm-hmm. and that's such a good uh, my birthday happens to be in april maybe i might ooh. need a new snap game no, I should, I should, i'd rather get po- like paper mario please get me that instead paper mario yeah i heard that yeah. one wasn't good though I just want, I just want a Paper Mario. I do too. Paper Mario. It can be for the GameCube. It can be for the actually for the N sixty four. Please, please for that. The original one. Please. God, I replayed that one on. Um, actually, beat it fully for the first time when I had my Wii because it had the Wii had like the best virtual console system. The Wii did. I agree. So good. But I want it for my N sixty four. So if you're gonna get me a Paper Mario game, get me that one. I don't have my GameCube anymore. I never played Thousand Year Door. I, I hear that one's Cube. awesome. It's supposed to be the best one. I, but I would love to do the... I Only my friend had the N64 version. I never got to play it myself. So I, I never had to experience the game myself. Oh, you've never played all the way through it? I never played all the way through it. So that's oh. that's another one on my little list. So I guess, you know, like last episode, my cartridge list. Not just Majora's Mask, but Paper Mario 2. I will keep that in mind. But and anyway, yes, April 30th for Pokemon Snap. And here's hoping that it is as good as we dream. I hope so. I, I think it looks really pretty. One thing I do have against most Pokemon games is it's like, the, really? The style, the style. Like, it's like Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield. I'm like, oh. really? This is a mainline Pokemon game and it, it looks like this? So my, my housemate Eric is playing that game constantly and yeah, I'm basically the shit heel that walks by and is like, ugh, ugh, that game. Oh, you're going to superpower charge mode, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. I, Mega so Evolution? I, I, actually, I actually agree. I like the way this game looks. Yeah, it just looks brighter, more fun, more detailed. I'm just surprised that with such a popular franchise as Pokemon, I mean, Nintendo gets away with this all the time, where it's just like low low effort graphics. And I know it's because their consoles aren't as powerful. Yeah. But sometimes I'm just like, really? Like, that that's the best you can do on like a mainline? Mario always looks good. I was going to say, the Mario games always look fantastic. They basically mastered the style to the point where it, they don't have to improve much to still make it look good. That's the thing, is people are playing Pokemon to play the mechanics, not how it looks. But I'm a little shallow in that sense. I'm like, well, I just want it to look cool too. But, yeah. I, I don't know, that's just me being silly. So, on to, I mean, I, I can't really think of any other games. So there is, well, actually one actually, no, there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that I saw mentioned uh, maybe a little while back, not too far long ago. It's called The Medium. Oh. And it's a psychological horror thriller game, whatever you want to throw at it game. And it looks, I mean, it, we've, we've seen a live action trailer. There's a live action trailer that just recently came out, which, you know, isn't the best indicator of gameplay for sure, but it's pretty damn cool looking. It seems to have a really interesting, uh, what do you call it? Not plot line, but, uh. 
aesthetic yeah just yeah, I, I would say the aesthetic yeah um so yeah it's called the medium it's by bluebird studios i believe they're called <laughs> I mean, wait. Who? Basically, when when I saw it too, I was like, "Bluber, what the hell is Bluber?" Yeah, the rewind. I'm like, did that say something else? Did that say Bluber? Yeah, it says it's Bluber. So anyway, name aside, it's it's on the Unreal Engine four. Okay. So it looks it's a very good looking game. Um, but yeah, the style, the aesthetic of the game has a. I mean, you can kind of go across the board with this. Like it, kind of reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth mixed with David Lynch mixed with Silent Hill mixed with stranger things like it's it's a very Sounds interesting good. looking game and you might even throw some uh, i mean you can throw there's there's so much to this game and it has like a very dark organic look to it like everything like the, the characters walking through these kind of rundown environments mm-hmm. and they abruptly switch over to the other side which is very silent hill of it silent hill had its you know the dark side and the hell side i forget what they were called excuse me but was that when it got nighttime like yeah basically like there would be the darkness and the fog i believe and Uh, they were different realms or different dimensions and this game kind of has that look to it at least this live action video did and there's like insects flying and attacking the character and the main character kind of looks like daenerys mixed with the main character from the control game um it it looks it looks good It, it actually looks really cool it looks like maybe more of a thrilling experience than a gameplay experience Mm -hmm. so kind of something you you more play for the visual than you play for the gameplay but we don't really know that much about it yet so who knows it could be anything that sounds cool to me i i I remember this i remember hearing about this i think it was during the summer yeah when they were showing a bunch of trailers of like the the virtual e3 yeah and the trailer was like really obscure you were like what the hell is that yeah i really love this idea of like the medium where yeah. you're in between two worlds yeah. and how it can just switch like that. It, it's kind of, it's it's a scary concept. Like, if you kind of think about it on the level that it would be. Yeah. It reminds me, there was, a, there was an episode of Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer that had one of the characters who, basically, a creature pulled her over into another dimension. So she was still in the same place, but she was in a different dimension of it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing in that dimension with her was a creature. Oh, God. And... I just remember the idea of that being so goddamn creepy. Just knowing that there's another dimension where this creature... So, just... so she was walking around in places she knew, but no one was there. It was dark, it was bleak, and there was just this creature. And the creature was really creepy. And and that's kind of... That kind of medium idea where you're going between realities, dimensions, whatever, kind of reminds you of it with that same feeling of like detachment where you're going to be pulled into a place where you're no longer safe. And I, I really like that. I really, like, like Stranger Things, you know... He's pulled over into another dimension. His friends are no longer there. His mom's no longer there. He's trapped, and there's a monster looking for him. Yeah. It's good. I love that idea so much, and I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that. Yeah. I think it's going to pull a lot of people in, especially with the whole Stranger Things still, like, it's still relevant. Yeah, it is. Like, I I think if a new season of Stranger Things popped off, everyone would watch it. And to be perfectly honest, we haven't really had any, you know, this isn't a AAA game, but we haven't really had any big titled thriller horror games for a while. It's like, yeah, we, we've only been really seeing horror games from small indie development. And I mean, small by like the game lasts for about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing I can think of is just whenever Resident Evil decides to drop a new and, game. I mean, yeah, Resident Evil, but those were remakes. So the, the new one is is definitely anticipated because yes. in, in this in the medium is a new game. It, I'm, I'm ex- I love horror games. I love games that 
creep me out, that make me think. Like the Silent Hill games, like those games made you think because they were confusing as hell. But they were creepy, the atmosphere was good, and there was some jump scares in between too. I gotta admit, I mostly avoid these games. Uh, I think the last series that I forced myself through, because I just love the idea of it, was the Dead Space series. Oh my god, those games. I had to, there were so many times where I had to pause and be like, actually, I don't even know if you can't pause in that. I think pausing in that game, the world's still going on. Dead Space 1 and 2 were, I don't remember. Those games were experiences, and dude, I, I, I just, like, d- just on a tangent, on Dead Space 1, I, I remember the feeling of never being safe. Yes, and that's and that's a feeling that I both dread and love in a horror game, and and especially in Re- in Dead Dead Space was whenever I went into an elevator, and the elevator was a nice long ride. I just remember like rotating my character around, going, "Is it going to come from the ceiling? Is it going to come? Am, am I going to open from behind? Am I going to open from like?" I did not feel safe, and I fully expected something to happen each and every time, and it never did. But God Almighty, was I creeped out every single time? Everything in that game, every hallway you turn, every door, you're like. And that's the thing is because it happened just enough few times to make you think it's going to happen all the time. Dead Space 1 and 2, I, I'm not a big fan of 3, but mm-hmm. those games were very well done and I have nothing but good things to say about them because the atmosphere was good. And if the medium is anything like that, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, whatever game it's like, I don't really know yet, but I'm, I am I would love a new horror game, a new IP a new whatever I'm really new stoked. IP yeah uh, I'm very excited that that's why I brought it up because I'm I'm excited I love horror games I'm very excited as much as I love Resident Evil it's just like it, it's still Resident Evil well and and the problem is is I'm I'm an original Resident Evil fan I like yeah. the old games I like the atmospheric Resident Evils I'm not a big fan of Resident Evil Six I'm just I'm not a big fan of like the soapy melodramatic Resident Evil so. I don't know what the new Resident Evil is going to be like, but I just I, I like games that focus on the atmosphere and the survival aspect. So the, the monsters and setting of the new one look really cool. So I'm I, I'm fully stoked for that. But yeah. I mean, but Resident Evil Four was as as great of a game as it is. You know, like what are you buying? You know, I'll sell that. Like, He's in there too. Dude, He's in the eighth game. He, he better be. <laughs> but I, I love I loved that game. But it was actually as a Resident Evil fan that was the beginning of the end for me. I know, I know a lot of people would disagree with me. I, I, whatever people have to say, I was a big fan of the original series. I was a big fan of the typewriter walking from room to room, yeah. like loading through doors. It, the atmosphere was always excellent, and I just did like an Italian like hand thing because I, I loved it. Resident <laughs> Evil Four was the beginning of the end of that style, and so yeah, it stopped. That's where I stopped. I played yeah. Resident Evil Four. I've never played Five. Six, well, actually, I'm lying. I feel like we went through, was it five together? We played five together. So okay. Like, Shiva! Chris! Shiva! That's right. Chris! Yeah. It was yeah. a co-op game, wasn't it? It was co-op. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun, but... Yeah. Resident, Evil, Resident Evil 4 and 5 and 6, they're, they're action games. They're more action than they are atmospheric than they are survival. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm... As a, as a Resident Evil fan, I wasn't a big fan of those. As good as 4 was, as, you know... Five wasn't that good, but it was still fun. Six was I again. I'll say it again. It was um, it was basically watching Days of Our Lives with zombies. Um, it, a lot of it was watching, by the way. But yeah, so I'm I'm really hoping the medium is a revitalization to the horror genre. You know, from from bigger companies instead of just thirty to forty minute long demos by you know very capable developers and designers. But mm-hmm. they're not games. They're just experiences. They're they're short videos. 
And they're, they're cool, but I, again, I, I want a full game. I want a full-on game and a new IP, potentially. Well, I think we're going to get it. I hope so. I do. I hope so, too. Okay, well, let's see here. What have you been playing? Are you still on, a, I, on I'm, the cyber si- Cyberpunk I'm still cream? doing my Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk. You know, I will say bad things about it, but I'm still playing it. Yeah? I'm still playing it. I'm still in, I'm enjoying it, and frankly, I'm enjoying it more and more. Good. Are the characters growing on you? So, like I said, I hated Jackie when I first started. Mm-hmm. I Jackie grew on me. He did grow on me a lot. And I, the other characters, I didn't have that problem with, actually. Jackie was the only one that had that initial, like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I, I love Parker. Parker is... I'm, I'm going to join in with the Messiah cores of everyone else. I like Parker a lot. She is a <laughs> very interesting, a very good, a very good to look at character. And I don't just mean that because she's attractive. I mean that because she looks really good. Her her character looks really good in the game. The design and everything. Yeah. Like, everything about it. On that note, the the clothing in the game looks really good. Yeah. Like there is a very significant amount of options of clothing is what I'll say. Very good amount of it. So you'll be playing through the game, you'll find a new piece of clothing, a new something, even if it's just a retexture of a piece you found already, but the textures look really good and you'll find pieces that have like kind of a shimmering, oh gosh, I, I, the, the fabrics are different, like metallic. Yeah. You know, they, they have like that kind of like anti-photo quality, you know, whatever that looks like. I forget the name of the fabric, but when you take a photograph, it like flashes out. Like it kind of looks like that. that. That's cool. I mean, I guess it fits the 2077 it, well, vibe. It does. Yeah. It really does. And and while I'm not a big fan of really wacky clothing like that sometimes, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying finding pieces that just look really cool. And the graphics are really good. So on the note of Parker, her clothing looks really good. Like, she looks really good. How often do you get to see her clothing since it's a first-person game? Not very often. Yeah. So, like I, I had mentioned in the previous video, whether or not the devs chose on purpose not to make your character third-person-able very often, I, th- I think that was on purpose because mm-hmm. I think they, did, they, they maybe were planning on doing it and then they, they just didn't have enough time or your character looked like a glitchy mess so they decided not to. The only time you can willingly choose to see your character in third person is when you approach a mirror. Oh, okay. And obviously a mirror being from the chest up. So, gotcha. but 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 if you enter your inventory, obviously you see your character standing there in all their glory. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, obviously you get the inventory scene, which is, I mean, that's just an expectation. If they didn't have that, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, so that aside, equipment aside, Parker looks really good. I like her a lot as a character. Then there's Judy, who's kind of like a tech character in... I, I love her too. She's a really good character. Those two characters are ones that I had focused a lot, a lot on. I had focused on them during the plot because mm-hmm. there's kind of a point in the game where you can kind of choose to segue off with other characters. And I instead kind of went back to them. And I, I'm glad I did. I enjoyed it. Cool. And I've met some other characters. Like there's a group called the Voodoo Boys. And they're kind of, they're, they're cool. They're very interesting. And I, I was not expecting them at all. Like they're kind of, I mean, they're a little reminiscent of like the i forget the gang's name but there's a gang in saints row 2 that was kind of like voodoo style they're a little reminiscent of that but they're still cool the characters are still really good they're they're all fun they're all interesting and i got sent on like a really cool mission that actually made me like the stealth mode oh really i know i spent a long time crapping my guts out on it in the last video the last podcast but like you go to this place called the gym. I won't. I won't describe it beyond that. It's not a gymnasium. It's it's just called the gym because the the acronym. Okay. But you go there. It's a very big facility, and there's a there's a kind of gang 
the, the gangs are called the animals. I think they're called the animals, and they're mm-hmm. basically steroid freaks. Makes sense. It, it makes sense for the name <laughs> of the gym. Despite the fact it's not a gymnasium, it makes a sense. But they're all they're 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 kind of fun. Like they're they're basically like roided out, and they're all walking around going like they all have deep voice. Even the women do. It's it's very well done. Um, but you, you're kind of inclined to sneak around there because you, you don't want to necessarily make them all attack you at once. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Cool. I enjoyed the experience of sneaking around and taking them out one by one, um, in, in the way that the game lets you, which I, again is very repetitive, but I still enjoyed it. And I, I mostly just snuck past most of them, but that was a fun mission. And that mission allowed me to enjoy the sneaking. I still think hacking sucks ass. Okay. But the sneaking, Fair. I actually enjoyed. I did enjoy it in that mission, and so I, I'm, I'm inclined to say better things about it this time. Good. And, yeah, um, I can go on, but most of the stuff I have done is kind of spoilery. But yeah. there is actually one thing. Um, there's a, a a car service, like a taxi service that uses the game. Um, I, I'm just I'm going to avoid saying any names because I don't want to spoil anything. I'm going to try really hard not to. But there's a mission that you get later on with the AI of the taxi service. And he asks you to find lost taxis, basically. The taxi cars were lost. So the taxi cars are AI-driven. Okay. And so he says they blipped off the map. Go find them. Go find their last location. So one of the locations, which was next to the gym, was a taxi that that had gone haywire, had gone <laughs> ballistic, I guess. I guess a, ballistic is a better way to put it. And it, it starts talking to you. And it, it is a direct reference to... One of my favorite games, a Valve game, Portal. Oh. So the taxi says, and it, like, it makes references to the cake is a lie. It makes references to calling you mean names and calling you stupid and saying you're a failure in life. Just like, just like GLaDOS would. GLaDOS. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that little bit immensely. That was extremely fun, and I'm extremely excited now to find the other taxis because there's more of them to find. And I, They're probably all going to have personalities like this. Maybe not. Maybe that was a once in a lifetime. I hope there's one that's like the HAL 3000. Mm-hmm. But I, that was fun. That I, I did enjoy that little snippet of a mission. Yeah, I really did. So this... Cyber, Cyberpunk is growing on me. It, it is a very it is a worthy game. It just... I'll reiterate what I said in the last video, which is basically that it is a great game that suffers from bad gameplay. Yeah. And that that's basically it. Bad gameplay and, you know, mechanics that could use more polish. But it, it is a good game. It does have good moments, and it has great characters. Well, you're getting me excited to play it later this year because I, those are my favorite things. Like in Valhalla right now, which I am I have technically, quote-unquote, beaten the game, but there's still a few more things I want to do before I move on because if you know anything about Assassin's Creed, there's it, it's not real. It's all simulation. Yeah, it's yeah. basically you're in modern times in this thing called the Animus, which taps into your DNA, and it lets you live through your ancestors you're basically memories. simulating their memories yeah. yeah and so the main i guess the main character is playing as avor mm-hmm. her ancestor yeah the, the the roided out girl yeah she's part of the animals basically in the gym <laughs> she's part of the animals um so i beat the like real world part and so now so you, you beat the game i technically because you're using a lot of air quotes so are, did you beat it or yeah if you don't see me i'm using a lot of air quotes here I can't answer that because I still have one more area to take over in, oh, in England, ooh. and it's like the ba- it's like the main thing. Ooh, okay. So, is it another monastery? And there's like monks to to, to get. <laughs> there, there's monks to rub the shines off their apples. You know, you're actually 
You, you will get desynchronized from the Animus if you kill too many innocents. <laughs> you I still ha- do that. And I have not... I am happy to see that. Oh. Um, but... I'm not. <laughs> was there ever a game where you didn't get desynchronized? It, it's been since the first game. Okay, you have to kill like three people for you to... I, I, I literally spent so much time getting desynchronized the first game because I kept on shoving people into the market stalls. The market <laughs> stall would then collapse and kill everyone around it. That was my favorite thing to do. You, there's nothing that satisfying in this game, unfortunately. Oh. It's almost always by accident. They're oh. just like in the way. Because every single city, you're not really welcome. You're a Viking. Uh, well, that's realistic, at least. Unlike the beginning of England when they welcomed you with arms and so bread. The, thi- the thing is, is that there's a lot of Danes and Norsemen in the area. And it's happening. They kind of have to accept that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not all of them are that bad. I mean, they're all kind of bad, but they're not, like, just there to kill. They're just trying to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's whenever you're in a major city and you haven't made any alliance with them, all the guards in that city are on high alert. So, they'll attack so you. So, the littlest thing you do is going to, like, get you fucked. going to get you screwed up. Yeah. So, you basically kind of have to sneak around. Um, I mean, they're not that hard. You can just fight them and then run away. But that leads to screaming civilians everywhere and <laughs> sometimes they catch the wrong end of your two-handed axe and i'm like oh my god I- how do they accidentally catch the wrong hand of your axe are you swinging it around happily like yes he, i mean you're you're a viking of course you are so, you're, so like, you're just walking around going like like la 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 like dave the barbarian just like hitting people well, in the head. some of the attacks that you use i mean it's like very large sweeping attacks and i'm like he'll be in the middle i'm dual wielding two-handed weapons so i have very heavy weapons that i'm swinging around madly and I'll see myself slowly swinging. I'm like, oh no, there's a civilian oh, right no, next no, to the guard. And then like, like Polly Pocket comes like wandering into view and her like gourd head gets in the way and shatters on impact. <laughs> Luckily, they don't get gourd that bad. But like the the main enemies, you can do like finishing moves on them. Oh, you can't do it on the citizens? No. Oh. But like, it's bad. Like some of these finishers, I mean, you're like literally popping their heads like cherries. What Garrett means is it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. Because that sounds great. It is very satisfying. Speaking of which, that has been one of my things in Cyberpunk is the gore sometimes is very satisfying. Is it? There's, you can like sometimes damage an enemy very satisfyingly. Not always. I wish it was a little more. I wish it was a little more gore. But yeah, I agree. So bad, it's good. There's a few, um, there's a few finishers that I really enjoy. And it, yeah, so it's really satisfying ones. Yes. Oh, like, it depends on the weapon. Depending on what weapon you have, you have different finishers. I, I kind of want to explore more because I've been doing the whole larger weapons. So it's a lot of just like literally chopping them in half, cutting their chopping heads off. Chopping them in half. Yeah, you will literally cut. When you're dual wielding like, these things, it's just like, like uh, Jesus Christ. I like chop their. Devil I, may cry, like Bayonetta. I chop at the hip so their legs are gone. And I also chopped the upper half. So they, their legs are gone. They're just like in three different pieces on the ground by the time I'm done with them. Do they it's do insane. that thing where they stand there for a moment, like looking at you blinking, and then they just like like <laughs> slice into various... No, the limbs go flying. Like it is... It's it's insane. <laughs> I dig that. Um, God, where was I going with this? Okay. Um, yeah. So I got one last place the to conquer. Guards are on high alert though. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is going to impact how the real world situation happens like after i complete this am i gonna have to go back in the real world are you done with the real world i don't know okay it's it seems like i'm done so have you have you reached the point where the pope comes out as an alien yet kind of (laughs) one thing i forgot about these games is that there is the whole otherworldly thing happening in the real world basically the real world is ending and the reason you're going into these memories is to unlock secrets of this ancient order. The, the which, Pope, who's an alien. The, yeah, the alien Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I, I'll never forgive Assassin's Creed 2. Sorry, go on. Um, <laughs> go on. There's just like this ancient technology which apparently can do godlike things. So, like, so these might be spoilers ahead, just FYI, people. I'm not. Well, this is talking about like old games. Okay. So okay. There, apparently there's just like this otherworldly technology okay. that they've had way, way in the past, like in BC. And. Yeah, there was some cool stuff in the Origins, I remember. Yeah, they're just yeah. like these weird mechanisms, which yeah. are very futuristic. So it's like, I don't know if it's aliens. I don't know if it's another thing. Probably aliens, but... Probably alien popes. <laughs> but, it, um, you know, it comes into play in this in, in the real world in this game. And I just, like, I was so lost because I haven't played all the Assassin's Creed games. So I don't know what the hell's going on with this whole technology situation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artifacts that are used. Um, a lot of just people i didn't know so i got a little confused but it's it's cool i think if anyone decides to play this game you're going to really enjoy how this game rolls out i a a few things are kind of predictable a few things are a little cliche but um overall i think it's a very very interesting take and uh i if if i'm not done with this game by the next episode i i'm purposely just going to cut myself off and move on okay cuz i, I got to get through my backlog i i just really want to know like when you get to like like avor his he has his like adopted brother like i want to know when he can kill bindi um like in, sigurd oh sigurd um and and then you can take like the the viking throne um, question mark so i mean like i don't want to have any spoilers with that um throughout the game you and your your Oh no! Adopted brother he's, he's probably an alien. He's probably a pope. Yeah, he is definitely an alien. I'm. Pretty, he's also a pope. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm just completely bullshitting. Go on. Go on. It's a god. It's such an interesting game. I'm. I really love it so much. I'm so happy that was the first game I purchased. Thinking back, that that it seems like you really enjoyed it. So I I fully. I agree was with very you, skeptical in the beginning. I'm like, uh, yeah. oh god, Vikings again. Yeah. Oh god, and they actually do a really good job of giving justice to the whole Norse mythology. Good. good. I was I was a little... Because God of War did such a good job with it. Yeah. I'm like, is Assassin's Creed going to do it well too? So so they really focus on the mythology? Like, do you do you get to like see all the, the Loki and Freya and like you just see all people's dogs that are like named Loki and Freya? There's, and, yes, and, and there's, there's, there's thousands and thousands of like Loki and Freya's and Thor's <laughs> and, and maybe even some cats too because everyone and their mother's naming them that. I will say that um, if you are interested in Norse mythology stuff like you know Asgard and all that, all that, and, part, and naming your husky Odin, you will, you will get your fill in this game. It, they they do it in a very interesting way. Cool, but it is in there, and I enjoyed that section immensely. Actually, I mean, that that sounds pretty good to me. I I haven't wanted to play an Assassin's Creed since the Pope was an alien in two, but like I I kind of wanted I kind of want to play now. I kind of wish I played Odyssey, honestly. Yeah, Odyssey, honestly. Odyssey is probably the one that I probably enjoyed the most because I'm just I love Greek mythology. I love it. Well, what's cool about this game is there's a, a lot of Roman artifacts. All yeah, yeah. I mentioned it before, but like they the recycled assets. They, yeah. yeah, they re, they <laughs> the recycled assets from the last game. <laughs> like, hey, I recognize that. <laughs> hey, but they what's cool is these English settlements. They they like build around the old artifacts. Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, so they're like, it's really cool. You'll go to this new city and like half of it's Roman because they're just like using. It's already here. We may as well use it. That's pretty damn neat. And I don't know. Have, if that's... have you taken any any pics or screenshots of this? No, I, I keep I keep trying to take them 
and I'm really, really picky about my photography. Th- that's good. That's and good. so I'm like, oh, this isn't perfect. And I just get angry. I'd love to see some of this stuff because I've seen some bits and pieces here and there, but I really try to avoid other people's stuff. Okay. I'm going to post another picture because Ooh. it was really, really funny. Ooh. I, I don't I Last time I mentioned like the whole flight thing where it's like the rhyming battles that you have with yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. That sounded cool. So there's a point in the game. <laughs> might be kind of spoilery. You're in a different world i could say and uh you basically i saw it on the map i'm like oh another flighting challenge because when you when you complete them you get um charisma levels and the higher charisma it unlocks better uh dialogue options okay and so i always like having dialogue options like if it's high enough then i can get out of a situation or i can get through this without having to give them 500 gold because i you know threaten them or something like that it's very rpg like for it an is. Assassin's Creed game. i was impressed um yeah there's a talking squirrel it was like what? this. It was like the squirrel sitting on a rock. I'm like, this can't be right. And you go up to it and you talk to it. It's like, hello. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it has like the funniest voice. And I had to take a couple pictures of it. So I'm probably gonna post a few of those because it was so. Re- it was moments like this in the game that made me fall in love with it. Because like it is so that and sounds silly. like fable. That sounds like a fable. That, that that's that makes me think of Emperor's New Groove with the squirrel with the balloon. <laughs> And it pops it like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It just has like the funniest personality and it actually is the hardest rhyming battle I had to do. Like I, I was getting nervous. I was picking the wrong options. What, was, was it like a mean squirrel? Like did it rhyme the hell out of you? It was very complicated cadence. And so I wasn't, I was having a lot of trouble because typically it's, it's very short. It's like a one liner and you just have to rhyme with it. But these ones were like three line, three or four liners. Ooh. And it was like, it was hard. But I ended up doing okay. I think I blundered one of them, but it still let me pass. Uh, God, that was just so fun. I'm like, just that that's in the game. Yeah, you just have like yeah. a rhyming battle with a squirrel on a rock. Yeah, I mean that that that's, that that's your experience. Like my experience was with the the Glados car, and yours was with a squirrel, dude. That's cool. I just love that video games. This is why I love video games. Yeah, because they can just do silly shit like this, and it just makes the experience so that's, fun. That's awesome. That, that I God, I want, I want to look that up now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna check that out. I'll send you the link to it. Okay, you just. I'll show you after the episode, actually. Okay, cool. Um, apart from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you may have seen me uh, shameless, shamelessly playing yeah, this. Yeah, uh, so, so I, I like I, I look on the on Discord one night. It's like one a.m. and and I just see <laughs> I just see Garrett playing RuneScape. I, I, and, and I'm it's you know you always got to go. You no one ever quits. No one no one ever truly quits. I'm I'm on a long quit right now, but I'm sure eventually it's going to pull me back in. So every now and then I get a craving for just some some real run escape. Just a runescape cuz it's almost healing. Healing. It is leg- whenever With like the most toxic player base ever, it's healing. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like so many people are multitasking nowadays and no one's really like, talking to each other. Uh, they might as well be bots. Uh, but this I always seem to fall back on this game when I've got stuff going on mm-hmm. and like so like Valhalla. yeah so um i don't know recently i've been having like a lot of anxiety issues and then i was having some stomach issues too which is causing me more anxiety mm. and so for some reason runescape always i don't know if it's the nostalgia of it or the comfort of it it just kind of brings me back to normalcy in a, in a really weird way like the last time i actively played was also when i first started experiencing anxiety and panic attacks nostalgia is a very comfortable feeling yeah i I, I, I can see that i used it as a crutch and like honestly i started using it as a crutch again crutches are 
there for a reason. And it's it's been kind of fun. I mean, you know, Jagex has been putting in work. You know, they got RuneScape 3, which is modern RuneScape. They've also got old school RuneScape. They brought that back, thank God. So, which I, I had a lot of trouble. I'm like, well, do I want to do old school RuneScape? Because they do add new content to it. They're literally different RuneScapes. Like, yeah. like RuneScape 3 is the original to current times. And old school RuneScape just went back to 2007 and just went to a different timeline like it's like a doctor who thing like it's it's interesting it's really cool and i'm honestly impressed uh i honestly i probably would have gone old school runescape but archaeology well yes archaeology so the new runescape had a new skill called archaeology i'm like oh this looks interesting so that's why i got on and, and like a week later after playing every night yeah now i'm like i'm playing it while i'm playing valhalla because it's kind of an afk game like yeah AFK means like away from keyboard, which means you don't have to pay attention. Um, so I'm playing Valhalla. Is AFK an old term now? Do we have to do we have to describe what it means now? I I don't know. I don't I don't oh know God. if a lot of people use that. This made me feel really old. There, people who don't play RPG MMOs probably don't know what AFK is. They don't know what keyboards are because they like 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 cell phones. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so I'll be playing Valhalla on the PlayStation, then I'll have my laptop open, and I'm just like doing archaeology at the same time because the game kind of plays itself. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of the archaeology. Game got um, itself. Did a, did a little bit of bossing. I've been doing some bossing. Oh yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, you new Bandos armor. I actually have uh, Serenic armor, T ninety armor, Serenic armor. Ooh, that's very RuneScape three. I also have Malevolent armor. Ooh, that's very RuneScape three. Ooh, wow. Using my Ascension crossbows. Ooh, that makes me want to go to like bolts. a special place that only like level ninety nines of and all skills can go. It's funny you mention that. The reason I need 99, or the reason I'm doing archaeology is so I can get my max cape back. I, I know. I, I, I know. <sighs> God, it's been so annoying not having my max cape. It's been so annoying not being like one of them. I know. Not being one of the others, so I can be ignored by people of my own level. <laughs> so that's been... It's always interesting coming back to this game mm-hmm. because they're actually celebrating their 20th year anniversary. So 20 years of RuneScape. They've got a lot of events going on. I bet. Uh, ones that there's like a combat one going on right now where if you die you don't lose anything anywhere yeah so like if you if oh, you sh- die shoot I, I need to go play right now and like put on all my good sh- stuff and just die well it's it's good for bossing just, I, I just need to go like fight like king black dragon and die it's funny how like king black dragon is probably the easiest boss in the game i now. know i know i was jo- i was actually doing some queen black dragon which is a whole new they redid queen black dragon oh i'm like i just want to do kbd like he's just this little three-headed dragon that's a very simple kbd was the there's top no mechanics of the top way back when no little three I'm still i'm still living in like 2007 no i'm sure in old school he's a formidable foe oh yeah right but I'm now sure there's you move past him in old school it's pretty ridiculous how crazy these bosses have gotten. The, I mean, so they got way past King Black Dragon. Now they have ghasts in like the the like the, the more ghasts. the Mortmire like 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 swamps. <laughs> and like while you're walking around, they'll be like war, and they'll take your food. Like that's that's dangerous. That stuff is right a there. memory right there. That's dangerous God, stuff. I hate that place. Or <laughs> turning all your food into just mud. Yes, that was so hard. And to then get you could get quests. the Snelly Helms. Oh my God, those. Were, Man, that's a throwback. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone's listening and played RuneScape, you know when those Snelms came out. The Snelly Helms, they were yes. worth a lot of money too. You had to get like the good colors. Yes, you had to get the good colored Snelly Helms and all so that. Stupid. So, so if so, RuneScape is a great game. If any of you want to add Garrett, his his username is Pigweet Two. Used to be. No, it's Pigweet Two. It's it's Pigweet and the number two. So if you guys want to add him, go ahead, Pigweet Two, and he he'll he'll love playing. <laughs> 
So for those of you that don't know, that was my original RuneScape name way back in 2002. Um, basically what happened is I went to a friend's house and his sister <laughs> played the game and they lived on a farm. And so she named the character Pigwheat 2 for some reason. Because farms and, and he pigs was like, and wheat. He was like, my sister just, she died by a goblin and she's too scared to play now. You can just get on her account so you can be close to mine. And so I just like adopted that account and lo and behold, 20 years later, well, 19, like I'm still playing on that same account. I, I remember when I was first introduced to the game and Garrett's like, oh yeah, my, my account's Pigwheat 2. And I was like, Pigwheat 2? Like even as a fourth grader, I was like, what the hell? It, they didn't introduce name changing for so long. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it was like mid, like 2014 or something like that, 2013, where I finally could change my name. And, uh, I don't know how you could do that. That's a horrible, like, travesty. Pigweed 2 was the classic. And it's funny because I... It's funny how I adopted that and I accepted that that was my name. Yes, and it was it was classic. Pigweed 2. Just telling people that was my name. I, I Sometimes I would look at it and be like, huh, that's really my name. And I mean, people just, are looking like, at this and like, not taking me it's seriously. It's just like Greedo Man. Like, Greedo Man. <laughs> it's, it's you, like, gotta, you gotta quit g- giving people all of my... <laughs> It's the classics. Like, like the, these are like like goldie, golden oldies. Like, like Warheart. Yes, Warheart and Warstar. Warstar. <laughs> That's last name, Warstar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I digress. This, 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 this got into very, like, inside joke stuff. So, digress. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah. Hey, I could I could fight back if you don't make me. Don't. Don't. <laughs> you don't. Wanna, you want to talk about Toontown. Don't. Toontown, don't, okay? don't you dare. Don't. <laughs> well, I think this will be a good place to end the episode. <sighs> Um, I don't have much to more talk about. Do you? I think we covered it. That was that was some good stuff at the end there, especially. I, oh I've enjoyed God. that. Well, I hope everyone's having a great New Year so far. Um, I'm excited for this year. I think I, there's going to be a lot of fun games. There, there's some been some very good news, and I I'm excited. And hey, we even got a nice little tune to go with our show now. Yeah. So ho- hopefully, hopefully everyone likes it. And uh, we didn't just get an intro, we got the outro too. Oh, yes. Which you may be listening to right now. So which we're going to outro, outro with. So <laughs> be prepared and tune in next time. Yeah, tune in next time. You've been listening to Out of Mode.